I just got a phone call. Who's this? It's Pixar telling me to stop talking about how their movies need to be released in theaters. You can't stop me. I'm never going to stop talking about this. Okay, bye. Restraining order for what, though? <laughs> for seeing their movies too much. It's so good. We'll get into it more later. Yeah. But what did you, what did you watch this week? <laughs> I watched... Oh, by the way, I'm Danny. Oh, yeah, and I'm Tyler. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I watched Legend on Netflix. It's a 2016 film. So, first off, it's a movie that's 48 minutes too long. Um, It plays all of its best cards at the beginning of the film, but it still manages to build the world really well. Uh, Still not perfect, though. Um, A Legend, for those who don't know, Legend is about legendary English criminal brothers... Reggie and Ronnie Cray. Now, I say legendary English Criminal Brothers because they were, I've never heard of them before. But Well, the name of the movie is Legend, so I know they're legendary. Right. Otherwise, the movie would be lying to me. Right. So they were identical twins, and in this case, this is a tale of two Tom Hardys. Um, say that five times fast. Um, as fun as that might seem, it doesn't work nearly as well as you think it might. The first Tom Hardy looks like Tom Hardy, while the second Tom Hardy looks like Tom Hardy with glasses. You won't buy it for a second. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, he's Superman. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, that's what it is. Um, I will say though, the best moment of the film is when second Tom Hardy tells first Tom Hardy, "Give Ron Cray your effing sausage and first Tom Hardy stares at second Tom Hardy like everyone stares at Eddie Brock in the lobster tank scene in Venom um yeah so there's a lot of just like what the heck did he just say um type moments in this film uh the music's uninspired and it largely relies on musical stereotypes which is the most disappointing aspect of this film even though an argument could be made for the confusing plot to hold such a place, the world would have been complete had the music had purpose. Then it would have just looked like this is a perfect um, historical representation of the of 60s England, but we just have a really crappy pl- plot. But instead, it's an amalgamation of all kinds of things. Um, also... It makes no sense for the narrator of the movie to be the narrator of the movie if they're also a character in the movie who dies and continues to narrate the movie and this movie has not embraced the paranormal at all. It's very weird. So you're telling me, instead of Dead Man Tells No Tales, Dead Man Tells Legendary Tales? Dead Man Tells Two Tom Hardy Tales. Tales of Two Tom Hardy. Tales of Two Tom Hardy. Yes. Uh, Too many Toms. Hardy. <laughs> Paul Bettany is in this for maybe five minutes, and he's a gem. Uh, the best scene is Paul Bettany wearing a wig while yelling and leading a kangaroo court. The worst scene is Paul Bettany getting arrested 
because the movie takes a noticeable not nosedive after that. The movie had right. something going, and then they took away. They like set Paul Bettany up to be this big antagonist, and then he's like watching a soccer game, and the 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 coppers come into his uh, secret hideout, and they're like, "All right, we're taking you to to jail, to prison, Paul Bettany." And then Paul Bettany is like, "No, no, 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 wait! I I need to see what the call is on the on the on the game." And then uh, the he's what you know the soccer game that he's watching. They call it a goal, and then he's like goal, and it's just Paul Bettany screaming, screaming things like goal. Um, I do like Paul Bettany screaming things. Yeah, does he ever scream? You are my wife. No, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, so I give Legend a two out of five. Uh, yeah. Yep. Now, yep. I have a story about that. It's the one story I have about Legend. Do you want to hear it? Sure. Now, open the text channel. I'm about to send two photos. Now, does anything seem suspicious about this ad? I Don't worry. I'll explain to the listeners after you see them both. It's no all four stars and five star ratings. Now, I'm going to send a second thing that points out what's weird about it. Uh-huh. Now, it is all four and five star ratings. However, The Guardian gave it two stars and their their rating was used on the poster and it, the two Tom Hardy heads are blocking it so that way it looks like it's one of the four star reviews oh my goodness oh. <laughs> that's the one thing I know about Legend is <laughs> the infamous uh, marketing that it's literally just an ad I don't know anything about the other ads but that one ad is pretty pretty famous among the uh, the fanboys by the fanboys, I mean the Tom Hardy fans. Yeah. Yeah, he did yeah. have a moment where he sounded like Bane. Of course! He, he was like, he, he was like, like I'm gonna rule Britain. Yeah. I am Tom Hardy. Please put me in an Illumination film. <laughs> My bad, Tom Hardy. <laughs> so, what did you watch this week, Danny? Well, before I get into the movie I watched, I got to do a story of how I watched it, right? Right. So... If you remember, a few months back, I saw Soul in theaters. It was a big deal. Really, it was. It was like the running gag is the ongoing. If this podcast has a meta narrative, it is my desire to watch. It was. It was my desire to watch Soul in a theater. Uh, and as I'm sure you also remember, there was a certain Falcon and Winter Soldier episode that we just thought was so boring that we spent the entire episode more talking in the green room about. Luca. Yeah. And Luca going Disney Plus and how we thought that was ridiculous. It was the Luca podcast episode. It was. So I actually, I had made plans already for Luca. Yeah. Because I wasn't going to watch it at home, right? There's no way I was going to watch Luca at home. Not after I did all that thing for Soul. I, I I, I was not going to see Luca at home. I have no desire to watch Luca at home. So my plan was initially I was going to wait for September and hopefully in August a Blu-ray would come out and I would rent the music box again. Uh, which would still give me my summer vibes I wanted from Luca. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you know, I'd be okay with that, you know, I think that uh, that would have been fine. However, someone sent to me a few weeks ago that was playing in limited, re- at a single feeder in Los Angeles <laughs> for a week on opening weekend. So, you know what I did? <laughs> I booked my flight to Los Angeles. Okay, I do want to clarify one thing to the listeners, uh, because I feel like this guy's 
<laughs> That's crazy. Rent a few two hundred fifty dollars for Seoul was already insane, but getting a plane ticket to LA just to watch a movie? Okay. I've been meaning to go to Los Angeles for such a long time on my own. And honestly, I didn't really get much time there. I want to spend more. I want to go back, of course. Um, but I've just been meaning so long to get out there. I have friends online there. I have friends from school there who went out to LA because I did film. And it was like, you know, I've, I haven't seen so many of my friends. Uh, and it just like, I need a weekend away. And I was like, wow, well, Luca is literally the perfect excuse for me to put down the $400 for these tickets, mm-hmm. the plane tickets. I hung out with all these friends over the weekend. I got to hang out in L.A., which was cool because I haven't been there ever. Uh, I have hot takes on L.A. that I can give after we talk about Luca if we want. <laughs> uh, and then I saw Luca in a theater. And let me tell you, the theater I saw it in was super nice. It's the El Capitan, which is Disney's old movie house. They had. Mm-hmm. It originally it had the world premiere of Citizen Kane there, so it's old. And then it got renovated 30 years back when Disney bought it for The Rocketeer. The reason I bring this all up is because at the interest speech we got... Um, they said this is actually the 30-year anniversary of when the theater reopened, when the Rocketeer reopened, which is kind of cool that they're showing Luca during that time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's the only theater in the U.S. that's showing Luca. I think it's the only theater in the world that's showing Luca. I know Canada is doing some drive-in screenings uh, with the Toronto International Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Besides that, I think this is the only interior theater in the world that's showing the movie. Uh, and, yeah, they give us this big intro about it. Oh, I forgot to say the I sent I sent you a picture of the curtain, but they have these this blue curtain. I want to talk about the movie experience before I talk about the movie because this theater was really weird. <laughs> this theater, just, just cut to the chase. Here. This theater was so weird because it's designed to be fancy. These were like twenty dollars tickets, and they would normally be twenty dollars tickets, even if they were showing like oh like an old Disney movie. Like they show Lady in the Tramp there a few weeks ago. It'd be twenty bucks still for you to see it. Yeah. Um. So the movie begins. I walk in. They're playing Italian pop music. Which, you know, makes sense for Luca, because it's about Italy. And um, there's a giant... I think I sent you a picture of this. There's a blue curtain with the Luca logo projected onto it. And, like, it's like, oh... And the whole auditorium is lit blue to be, like, the ocean. And it's like, this is really nice. And uh, then the Italian pop music is playing. Then the guy goes up front. He goes, yeah, it's the 30th anniversary. We're glad for you to come out here. And this is really awkward. I had to go pee before the movie, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't say. So, I say just, yeah. Like, no, well, like, no, 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 no. Hold on, it's it. going. No, the story becomes awkward. So, uh, I'm about to stand up, go to the bathroom, and this guy goes. The guy goes. All right, any fathers in the audience? Is this Father's Day? Stand up. <laughs> oh, no, I can't go now. I'm not a dad. So I wait like 20 seconds for me to actually just go use the bathroom. And <laughs> so I run down the bathroom. I run. I miss the rest of the speech. So then, then the overture begins, which is a bit of the score from Luca. And I was like, okay, all right, I guess there's an overture here. That's fine. So then the curtain rises, and there's a curtain underneath it that's shaped like a pe- like peacock surrounding. I'm like, all right, maybe this is for the Jungle Book. They just had it up still, whatever. And the overture is still playing. I'm like, all right, cool. There's two curtains. I can deal with that. And then the curtain starts rising. I'm like, all right, movie time. And the curtain rises, and there's another curtain underneath it. <laughs> this movie theater has three curtains. Oh my gosh. And the music is just playing. Because every time the curtain rises, it's like, all right, that's the end of the overture. Yeah. No, it just keeps going. It keeps getting more epic. I was like, all right, this is getting a bit much. And <laughs> this is what cracked me up the most, is that when the third one goes up, it's like, all right, I finally see the screen. What's going to play on it? 
And then there's trailers. And I'm like, okay, I'm okay with it being trailers at a movie. But if you're going to give me a big epic overture, and it's all a build up to the trailer of some kid's movie called Ron Goes Wrong, about <laughs> a robot that malfunctions, I'm just like, all right. If this had done all this for like the Luca, like the Pixar logo, the yeah. logo, I'd be like, all right, sure, like whatever. That makes sense. Uh, but it was all this build up for this trailer for Ron Goes Wrong, which became a joke with my friends I saw the movie with, because Ron Goes Wrong is getting a large theatrical release in October. And we're just like, it looks so like generic mediocre kids bad movie and here we are one of the rare screenings of this spoiler really good movie pixar movie um and yeah it's just so ridiculous we get the wrong goes wrong trailer and then we get the jungle cruise trailer whatever and then i have this last story is that the movie seems like okay so it's a disney trailer so we get the disney trailers and then the movie has didn't you say when you saw A Quiet Place 2 you got a thank you for coming to the movie theater video? Yeah, from Mr. Fantastic. I mean, John Krasinski. Yeah. So I got that for Luca, which I think is ridiculous because it's like, it's my it's Jacob Tremblay, Jack Dungrazer, the person who plays Julia, yeah. Jim Gaffigan, Maya Rudolph, and then the director all saying, thanks for coming to the only theater in the world showing Luca. And it's just like, this is so weird that you made this video just for this theater where it's basically rubbing it in that we are the only people in the world to get to watch this movie the way it should be seen. Well, I imagine for all the, you know, everyone involved in this movie, I think they're all, I think it's pretty well recorded by reports that they're all upset. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Because, uh, I'll say right now, jumping ahead before we even talk about this, to follow up on our Looper podcast, is I legitimately think this movie would have made more than A Quiet Place 2 would have yes. box office. Yeah. Not on opening no, weekend, no, but total. Because there's no down. good kids' movies yeah. out. Uh, it's a movie that adults and kids are going to adore. My parents would go see Luke if it was in I would have... They would not see a horror movie. I would have seen it twice in theaters. Like... That gets me to my last thing I want to say before I actually talk about the movie is when I was leaving the theater, drawing my well, the entire audience is for the credits. Did you sit for the credits or is it a post credit yeah. scene? Um Yeah, Nemo credits are amazing. Nemo but we'll talk about along, that later yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> um But I actually I do want to talk about the credits when we talk about the movie. Um but I'm getting up, I'm leaving my f- the theater, and I'm like, that was so good. And the guy, the usher who get introduced the movie is like, Thanks for coming, come on back. And I'm like, and he goes, come back tomorrow. And so my flight got canceled on Monday morning and I could have rescheduled it for 5 p.m. And the more and more I think about it, I should have taken the latest possible flight and seen it again on Sunday morning. Yes. Because I will not have an opportunity to see it in theaters ever again unless I run the music box for it. And now I'm going to talk about the movie. I'm going to drop it with the hottest take of all. Just rip off the band-aid of the hottest take, which is that Although I think Soul is a better film, I think Luca is a movie that if it came out in theaters, both in crowd theaters during normal times, I would have seen Luca way more in theaters. Mm. It is such a vibe as we expected. Yes, it is. Um, it reminded me in a sense, and this is going to sound negative, of when the Blue People Avatar movie came out. And I don't know if you were as into that, because I'm not into it anymore, but when it came out, Legit, everyone's like, "Oh, I want to live on Pandora." I, 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 people kept going back to the movie to revisit that world. I was that's why I, I was in seventh grade re-watch. when that came out, and I was very much like, uh, I remember that I was really big into into Star Wars um, when I when I was younger, and I was and like that came out, and it like I got my Star Wars fix, and I don't want to say 
Avatar is just Star Wars. But I got my sci-fi space, you know, um, other world fix through Avatar. And yeah. and so, yeah, it was like it was constantly visiting, you know, watching that because you were visiting, you know, that, that yeah. world. Yeah. That is a vibe I got from Luca, to be clear. That is what I mean. It's like, I hate to be like this because I know you... So, okay, uh, Tyler watches at home, which is why we're going to probably talk about Luca way more than we talked about Legend. I think we already have talked more about Luca than Legend. Yeah. We haven't even talked about the movie yet. Um, But Luca... The dream sequences alone on the big screen had my jaw dropping. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, I can't even imagine watching those at home. Like, they were inspiring on the big screen and just the animation is so vibrant and stylized that's the thing too is that we knew this from the trailers is like pixar has been going in this direction right where they're trying to make these movies like for a while they've been trying to make these movies look super their movies look super realistic the only time they've gotten the stylized in the last bit of time was some of the mind sequences most of the mind sequences in inside out which still feel very pixar and then i would say the incredibles 2 where uh, it is a bit more comic booky, but not too much. Luca goes full out, avoiding what Soul and what Toy Story Four try to do, and just tries to make these characters look like cartoons. Mm-hmm. And it's gorgeous. Yeah, it, it is. is go- like finally we have these st- the studio once again going like we don't need to go for realism. We're we're an animation studio. Let's make this an animated movie that looks beautiful. And Luca is constantly a gorgeous movie really just quite a lovely film um and just how it looks i think you could watch it on mute and it would be yeah and i think (laughs) that the this the scenes that reflect that the most are when the boys like land like out of water or they get water on them when they're on land and they the transformations transformations, are legitimately just like mesmerizing to watch yeah it's so smooth it, and that's also what I mean also with Avatar to me. And it sounds it sounds so weird. And you're going to be like, Danny, this is weird. Is when Avatar came out and I was in middle school, I'd be like, oh, it'd be so cool to be a Navi. And that's honestly what I felt at points watching Luca. Like, man, it'd be so cool to be a sea monster like this. It completely took me back to, to even my, ch- not more my childhood. Because as we said, Avatar came out when we were in middle school. But back in my childhood where, you know, you'd watch like a cartoon. You'd be like, ah, I want to live in there. And that's really just what I thought I watched Luca. Like, it'd be so cool to be a sea monster and be able to do all this stuff on land yeah. too. Like, it really just brought me totally back to my childhood. Um, and now I want to talk about, well, no, let's, let's talk about the movie a bit more. Because I want to talk about some of the discourse around this movie. Not all of it, because I don't think some of it is stuff we're equipped to I, talk about. But we can talk about some other I, stuff. Too. I really what? liked at the beginning of the film when uh, they did the the intro titles, like, Un Film Pixar Animation Studios. Oh, it, I it, love it that, the, too. Yes. You know, the Italian... I, it, I will admit, I was awesome. a little, little bummed they didn't trust their audience with the Finn. Because, because spoiler alert, at the end, Finn appears for the end. Yeah, well, it's uh, uh, it's a uh, Fine. It's yeah, Fine. Well, they should have done Finn because they're because they're fish. Oh, <laughs> they yeah. should have done Finn. That's well, that, yeah, they should have not put the end in parentheses. Trust your audience. Well, they should have trusted the audience. That's more. It's like, <laughs> I think it would have been fine. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> It was like fine. That's exactly what it looks like. Oh my god. Um, Oh, but what I want to so Luca is about. um, In case you don't know, it's the new Pixar movie. Uh, It's about 
two, well, it's about two boys who are sea monsters. It's the latest, it's land, the latest rage in fashion. Are you wearing Luca? I'm wearing Luca. <laughs> well, I, I tweeted, I did tweet, uh, I, I uh, am very glad that this movie did not come out when I was in college, because if it, I did, I 100% would have tried to do, like, the sea monster makeup for my fantasy <laughs> test in makeup class, and... None of you want to see photos of me in makeup class because I, I'm pretty sure our team, whoever taught that class, just gave it to me. Like, all right, Danny, you're graduating. We'll let, we'll, we'll, we'll let this go. I do not think I would have passed that class if I was not a senior. Graduate. I don't even remember. 100%. I don't even remember what I did my fantasy on, like my fantasy makeup on. I think I did. If I remember, I did mine as Scar from The Lion King. Uh, or maybe I did my final. I think that was my final because it was fantasy combined with scar makeup, right? Like, so, but I can't remember anything else. Yeah, did, honestly, I, I don't remember. I don't remember. I I think I threw all that stuff away. <laughs> but oh, I think I did yeah. too. I do think that uh, such an interesting thing to say. I do think that Luca will be a popular option down the road for classes like that. Yeah, you know, I think the sea monster designs are instantly pretty iconic. Um. And so anyway, so Luca is kind of a shepherd underwater sea monster boy who discovers another sea monster who can go on land and they become friends because Luca doesn't seem to have anyone his age who lives around him. And eventually they decide to run off to uh, to a mainland to try to escape from their parents because their parent, his parents, once they find out he's going on the surface, threaten him to send him to his uncle Ugo, who I'm curious, did you catch the uh, cameo? Yeah, uh, <laughs> Uncle Ugo. Yeah. We can say because it was reported in the news is that Sacha Baron Cohen is in this movie for about two minutes and almost runs away with the whole thing in terms of comedic, mm-hmm. like in terms of being funny. Yeah, <laughs> like, and I'm right. Right is apparently like, yeah, we had him for a day, had him on Zoom and with a recording mic, just told him to. All right, this is what we need you to do in this scene. My goodness. Just write your own dialogue. <laughs> and you're a translucent Wait, fish. did they really have him write his own dialogue? <laughs> well, they're like, no, well, this is like this is what we need you to say. Oh, we know okay. you're an improv, yeah, improv you're guy. Improviser. So yeah. just get this message across, and we will have Maya Rudolph and Jim Gaffigan try to play off of whatever you say. My goodness. Because that, that was honestly, that was like my... F- my those my favorite scene. They're so funny. Yes, the cat is also really funny too, though. Yeah. Um. Um. But anyway, they go on dry land and they want to win a Vespa. Which uh, I have a story about the Vespa that's kind of unrelated to the movie. Is that I did not know what a Vespa was, and all my friends were. Are you offended that I did not know what a Vespa was, Tyler? Because all my friends no. were like, "How do you not know what a Vespa no. is?" Okay. No, I'm not. So I'm a Vespa is apparently. Okay. Good. Uh, Vespa's apparently a very famous scooter, and uh, on my plane ride back, I played Who Wants to Be a Millionaire on the in-flight movie, the in-flight playing game. I was asked, a Vespa is a type of, and of course I knew the answer, so I was like, thank you, Luca, if you want me a fake million dollars. That wasn't the million dollar question, but it should have been. I had no idea. Um, but yeah, so that's the gist of it. They also meet a girl named Julia, who, um, and her dad. I don't know. It's kind of a movie that I hate to be like it. Like it doesn't really have a plot, but the plot is not as important as the character relationships at all. Because it's about Luca and Alberto, and kind of like your first really close friend. Yeah. Um, and then it's also about like I think the jealousy in it makes like 
eventually there's some jealousy going on because that's what happens when you're a kid and you make your first friend, right? Like, you're not used to the idea... You've never had a friend before, so you're not used to the idea of having more than one. And that's kind of what Luke is about. And Luke is also kind of about the importance of learning and when what opens the gateways to learning type of thing. That's what I'd say it's about. But that also makes the movie sound way more serious than it is. It's really just a vibe. I still cried a ton at the, la- the last, like, five minutes of the movie. Like, I was sobbing at the theater. Yeah. Um, so hard at the ending. Because uh, it really reminded me of all my childhood friends that... You know, there's so many friends that you have when you grow up that you don't, like, you lose touch with. And you have to wonder where they are, but you know you're never going to really reconnect with them. Right. Right. You, well, you and, find each other on and Facebook, you, and you'll Facebook friend each other, but that's it. You're not gonna ever like hit them and, up. Well, right? and you also understand that like the person that you were back when you were both friends, like you are both different people now. You know, your your likes have changed. Your um, you know, your interests have changed. Your paths. Your paths have diverted. For and for you know, like. For a for a reason, and I'm not saying like it's predetermined that you you know are split on it on this path. What I'm saying is that your your paths split for it for a reason. There was something that made you both lose interest in hanging out with each other, you know, or there was something. No, hundred percent. You know, there like I had I had friends in high school that I I've like I've talked with now and then since, but. My path, my path took me, you know, somewhere else, um, like through college, and their paths took yeah. them somewhere else. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely. I want to. There was something I texted you yesterday that I I said that like my interpretation of Luca was that of a childhood friendship, the one that you embrace with reckless abandon against all odds, because you're just you're living yeah. in the moment. You're you know. You uh, and it's about that's what Luca's learning. Luca learns to live in the moment yeah. through Alberta. Yeah, um, and I think there was something I saw. I'm trying to remember what it was because it was an article where it was about. I don't remember. You 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 got me to it, then I lost it. I don't know what it was. Um, but it was something the director had said about like how he viewed Luca and Alberto, and about how oh when you have a friendship. When you're young, inherently, well, even now, right? Like, even now, when you make friends, generally your friends are going to introduce you stuff to something new. But when you're a kid, your first friend, you guys generally first, like, you get introduced to everything together. Like, in real, like, in life, I'm thinking now, some of my first friends, like, you know, they're my first people I rode roller coasters with. They're my first people who I, in this movie, like, this is a great example because it's in this movie. I think ice cream, right? And gelato in this movie. They eat gelato together for the first time. And... You think, like, down the road, Luca as a character, 20, 30 years from now, whenever he has gelato, he'll be like, I remember when I first had this Alberta, right? Even if they don't talk to you every mm-hmm. And that, to me, is like... And it sounds so weird to be like... That's the thing about this movie, also, is like... I, I You know what? I'll get to that later. Because there's two topics I want to discuss that don't, aren't really about the movie, but about talking about the movie. And one of them has to do with something I was about to say. So I'll, I'll hold off on that. Um... But it's just really, like, it's a nice, simple story told incredibly well. Uh, And I was so emotional watching it. There are so many, like, scenes where, like... And here's the thing, too, about... I think when movies are about kids, 
it's so weird. I, I this is like, I'm trying to think of a way to word this. It's like movies about kids to me always hit me harder because it immediately takes me back to when I was a kid and I'm watching mm. movies. And the thing is with Pixar movies, I really think most of their leads are adults. I think the only kid lead we've had besides, well, there's the kid in the good dinosaur, which is a Pixar movie that's better off forgotten, which is fine. We, we all have our misses. And then there's Miguel from Coco. And besides that, I really cannot think of any... I, you could say Nemo, I guess, but I don't consider Nemo to be the main character in Finding Nemo. Same thing with the kids in The Incredibles. The yeah, it's the adults that are the, the that are the main characters in Nemo. And the thing is also, it's like, I can't... So, Coco is a movie about... Uh, you Have you seen Coco? I, I haven't, no. Oh my god, then maybe that will be the one I recommend to, for you to watch next. Coco is actually my favorite Pixar movie. Um... But Coco is a very somewhat serious story about passion and stuff. Um, and it's about death, too, of course, because it's about the land of the dead. Um, but Luca is, I think, the first time ever I've seen this studio. And I talk about Pixar like it's great because I legitimately think Pixar is possibly one of the greatest studios to ever exist at any point in time in cinema history. Uh, <laughs> uh, but they've never really tried to capture wonder. And, like, discovery in the sense that this movie does. There's a scene that I feel like I can talk about a ton in the because it's in the trailers of them just going to the town. Mm-hmm. And they're jumping in and out of the water, shifting from human to for, uh, human form to sea monster form. And initially, Luca messes up. and But he just keeps going. And, like, that trying and failing is so, like, it's shot. It's done so beautifully. The music is wonderful. And, of course... What I actually think is Pixar's best asset in animation is their expressions and how detailed their expressions. I think Soul does this too. Is like you watch, you watch like ten seconds of a movie where a character is talk like in the background not talking in a Pixar movie. Yeah. Their face is going to change a ton because they're always reacting. Mm-hmm. And the character designs in this being specifically more stylized, just it's just such a pretty movie. I keep saying that, but it really is. And the thing is, is like, I don't really want to get too much into the plot because part of the joy of this movie is that, as I said, there is no, like, the plot is just there to develop the characters. And the characters well, are so good. And I know I keep talking about Luke and Alberto, but Julia is great. And I love Julia's dad. Julia's dad is incredible. That something Sorry. that this movie <laughs> captured really well is the spontaneity and unknown of Summer when we yes. were kids it's it's that oh my gosh i've i've got this time off school you know this long journey of i did all this work in school and so what's gonna like i've got this whole yes, this whole what? like two months of opportunity you know ahead of me like what that's adventures what I like am i gonna Julius go on do what because julia's character because every with luke and alberto it's more like a yeah, I can vibe with that. That's what I feel from it. But Julia makes that text. Yes, you know, it yeah. Takes that subtext into text. Yes, because Julia, I think Julia is a very interesting character because she's definitely the character no one's going to walk away from this movie really talking about. But she's really the whole reason the movie works. And there is one moment that I really in the third act, so I can't really say it. But there is a throwaway line. It's not throwaway. It's given the the amount of attention it's need, but it's just like one or two lines very quickly that's somewhat solemn that Julia's dad says after a very pivotal scene that gutted me. I just felt so emotional at this line that 
did not need to be in the movie, but it was, and it was such a good idea to keep it in there. And it's not like the movie, the movie's so short. The movie's 85 minutes without credits. Um, but, yeah. I know, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to talk about the movie before I talk about the credits of the movie, because I do want to talk about the credits before I move on. Because I want to talk about... Is there anything you think I didn't mention that would be interesting to talk about? Um, no? No, okay. I know. <laughs> well, okay, so the... Cre- well, okay, so the credits of this movie... Okay. So Pixar, right? As much as I love them, they've had a bit of an issue recently where we keep getting sequels and we keep getting continuations on Disney+, Plus, or we're going to start getting continuations on Disney+. Plus. Walking away from Luca, I both intensely want more from this world, but I also want absolutely nothing more. Mm-hmm. I want... The whole point of the movie to me is that I want more. Because that's what summer is. You want more of yeah. summer. You want more of these friendships that go too fast. I don't want to see any more of it. This is exactly the amount that I should be seeing because I should want more. I don't want to make a TV show. I don't want them to even do really short films, at least about Luca and Alberto. I don't want any more of them because that's the whole uh-huh. to me, is that we get what we get in this movie. And what's brilliant about the credits, and I love movies that do this, is that the credits give you a little epilogue through the pictures that they give through like the drawings they have yeah yeah and i love that i I was crying at the drawings in a way at points i was tearing up the drawings because it gave me the little bit of closure i might want a little bit more of but i also think the last five minutes of the movie are perfect it is a perfect ending it is set up beautifully well throughout the entire film and it's really just a lovely story and i just don't give me more of it i want i don't want more of it at all. Please don't. Please don't give me any more of a Disney or Pixar. Please. Leave yeah. it. Leave this. Um, a Disney Plus series would definitely ruin... It would leave a foul, ta- a foul taste I, in my mouth. I Yeah, I 100% agree. I don't want to I, I don't want to get into specifics. I'm like, well, maybe this would be okay. Because I really think anything I'd be like, mm, this would be okay would be a, it's okay. Right. I, it would be a, it's a good. That's it. I would... I, I, I do, I, I have my pitch for the Pixar short about this, is that I want a short about Alberto eating pasta, because I did feel like I could have used a bit more of Alberto eating pasta in this movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're always like, in this movie, they constantly, he's training for a pasta eating contest for the listeners, and they're constantly pushing pasta in front of him, but then they cut away before he eats the pasta always. And I want to see him eat the pasta. We deserve a short that's just him eating pasta. That's all. That's all I want. Uh, <laughs> all right, but then I have two bits of discourse I want to get into. The first of which has to do with something else you texted me, which is that Raya. What you what you call it? What you call Raya in the last dragon? You called it something totally wrong, and it cracked me up. What Was did you call Raya's it? Magic Dragon? Raya's pet dragon. Raya's I mean, you called it pet Raya's dragon. Pet dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to use this to segue into talking about a bigger thing, but can I just say, it is such a relief to watch a movie that is set, I would say, in it, it's, I've looked it up, apparently it's supposed to take place in the 50s or 60s, I think the movie is timeless, I don't think it really is set in a time, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's like um, the TVA, and the heptopods. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, that's what Luca is a haptopod. That's what he shifts from, yes. right? Um, but the dialogue in this movie 
It sounds like actual kids. It does not sound dated at all. It sounds timeless. I am so tired of these animated movies that come from Disney Disney animation that go like, well, that just happened. Or like, oh, you know how, like, this is an actual long for Rain the Dr- Last Dragon I'm going to give you. So you know how when there's a group project and someone gets all the credit, they don't do all the work? Yeah, that's me. This is a line in a movie that's set in, like, supposed to be ancient fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, oh, ancient fantasy world. That is a line that is from a dragon that's been, like, gone for 700 years. Like, again, okay, and I gave, I do give this as fairy, as a fair point to Raya, which is that Aquafina's character is in the long tradition of the genie in Maui of being the celebrity voice actor who is not anachronistic. But there are other lines in that movie from other characters that are like, well, that just happened. Or like, so I'll start you on a line of credit. Then it's just like, People don't talk like this. Kids don't talk like this today. Why are they talking like yeah. this in your your ancient setting? Uh, and Luca, it's timeless. It literally is just like it, it feels magical. That's what I I felt magical when I was watching Luca. Like throughout the I, I had a grin on my face the entire runtime. Uh, and except for like when it gets a little dark, obviously I was a little like, oh no, yeah. Uh, but like I was so into the movie, and a part of it is just like I got so immersed in that world and the immersion in these worlds. You have to start with the dialogue. And I say that, this is what I'm segueing into Disney, is that the only Disney movie where you really go into that world, and it's not my favorite one, is Utopia. And that's because Utopia is set in a modern world. So all that modern dialogue is fine, right? Yeah. But like even Moana, which I constantly say is like the one great Disney movie, they have, they have the, did you see Moana? I always forget, I'm sorry. I've seen bits it. and pieces of it, yeah. Have you seen the bit where The Rock, Maui, takes the chicken, signs an oar, and goes, when you write with a bird, it's called tweeting? It is the sole reason that movie is a 3.5 out of 5 instead of a 4 out of 5 to me. It's that line. Mm. They could not restrain themselves from this horrible Twitter joke in the middle of this movie. Yeah, That's not funny. It's not going to make anyone laugh. No one's going to be like, oh, that's clever. It's just so dumb. And it's in it. Um, which leads me to what I want to talk about with Disney versus Pixar. Because I feel like I, I, I mentioned this when I talked about Raya. This is when I talk about Soul. Now I gotta mention it when I talk about Luca. Which is that people are constantly like, well, Pixar's losing its edge. Uh, I think Disney's been doing way better with them recently. And that I say, you're wrong. You are flat out wrong. You are, you are, I don't know if you understand movies. <laughs> because that would be very blunt. I think Moana is the only one that emotionally reaches the depths of like a le- uh, I don't want to say lesser tier picture because I have another conversation there. But like, like Finding Dory, right? Most people would say Finding Dory is at the most. It's good. It's not great, right? It's nowhere near as good yeah. as the original. Finding Dory is more emotional than any Disney movie that came out in the last ten years. It has more emotional pathos to it. It has a better payoff to it at the end. It is focused more on Dory as a character than any Disney movie is focused on their main character in the last 10 years, besides Moana and Moana. That is the only one. And watching Luca and watching Raya in the same year, and of course being like, Luca gets Disney Plus and Raya got a theatrical release. Right. What? It's just like, it's just so like, I don't get it. Like, I legitimately don't get because this is the discourse I constantly see online. It's like, yeah, Pixar's was good. It used to be Disney's taking all the talent. No, they're not. They're not. Toy Story 4 and Finding Dory are better than Raya. I said it. 
I said right here. And those are both, and they're better made movies. Even when you ignore the dialogue, like the set pieces in the movies, they're better. The framing of the storytelling is better. The animation is better. The, specifically, the character animation is better. And by that, I mean their expressions. Everything about these movies are better, and people want to be like, mm, "It's a close competition." No, it's not. It's really not. It's really yeah. not. Yeah. It's, the, the thing about okay, like quality wise, Raya, which got the theatrical release and it got the premiere access on Disney Plus, Raya felt like I was watching a straight to Disney Channel movie. That's what it felt like it I was feels watching. Like a, Disney like a show. 2005 Disney Channel movie is what it felt like I was outside watching. Outside of the animation. But yeah, outside of the animation. The, yes. The, the yes. The anim- the outside of that, but the like well, the story that you know Pixar. like the the script, the plot that's what it felt like. Now, I got and I got to ask you since I assume you haven't seen them. Just imagine how much Frozen 2 and Wreck-It Ralph 2 felt like. <laughs> all all that I've yes. all that I know of Frozen Two is I've seen one scene. Felicia was watching it, and I just happened to. The Bohemian Rhapsody scene. It, it was when the moose sings, or yeah, I and I was like, I was like, okay, this this is Frozen. This is this is what I'm watching. I've I still haven't seen the first Frozen. Probably never so, will. Here's but um, sidebar. I want to sidebar that scene in Frozen. Can I? Can I please? Yeah is that I think Frozen 2 is a bad movie, and so many people who think it's a bad movie will be like, but the Kristoff scene is funny. I say, no, it's not. Interrupting your movie with a music video that's a parody of an 80s song that none of the kids in the are going to get. This is literally a joke that's made just for the parents, where the entirety of the joke is just, ha-ha, it's like that thing I recognize. It's cheap, it's dumb, it gets me frustrated that it took six years to make Frozen 2, and they gave right. us that. But I think Frozen 1 is fine, it's good. But- but the parents who would be watching that, like they're not the parents of the of the children who are children now, watching this movie. Exactly, they were our the parents. Is, the, yeah, that's the thing. Exactly. So I guess and know it's your like, audience. It's just like oh, theater one hundred and one. So frustrating. Isn't it? Hey, well, that thing is so frustrating because people who hate Frozen Two are like, "But that seems funny." I'm like, it's not. It's the epitome of why the movie is bad. Yeah, <laughs> it is exactly why. Like, it's a. That's why I think of Frozen Two is like, it took you six years. This should have. This was probably one of your top priorities to do because Frozen was such a big deal, and this is what you gave us. This is what you came up with. Mm-hmm. Is this garbage? And it is an insult to the audience. It is an insult to everyone who paid to see it, and it's. It just gets me so frustrated. Yeah. And then um, I'm like, I'm like that, watching, sorry. I'm watching Luca, and I'm like, I would have totally paid Premiere Access. I would have paid to go watch Luca twice this summer. A ticket for me, a ticket for Felicia, uh, full jumbo popcorn, so jumbo good. soda, <laughs> go Sunday matinee. You know, I get a summer I vibes. Love, and as I said, like, I, I think I've said, I said this before when I was talking about why I wanted to see Soul in the Theater. And I wasn't expecting Luca to give me the same type of reaction. Is I want to see Soul in the Theater because I know when I watch a movie at home, I'm not going to cry in it. When I watch a movie in theaters, I'm going to probably break down in it. And again, this is so weird to me. Is the ending of Luca had me more outright bawling than the end of Soul did. Even though Soul had me tear up a bunch too. It's more like it te- made me tear up though. Luca, I was crushed by it because I, I was not... Ex- and I was I went into this expecting it just to be a fun time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um... 
which would be a good segue to my next one, but I do want to talk a bit more about Disney, uh, which is that, because bringing up the sequels actually got, and this is why I was going to bring it up earlier, is you had mentioned that Soul, no, excuse me, you had mentioned that Luca is partially about how eventually your friendships grow apart, right? Yeah. So, you haven't seen them, but Rocket Ralph 2 and Frozen 2 are both, air quotes, about that, too. And the reason I give air quotes about it is because Rocket Ralph 2 is about the, okay, and Toy Story 4 is about it, too. Spoiler alert for all three of these movies. All three of these movies end with their main two leads going their separate ways. I think Toy Story 4 does a, as good job as it, it could, because the whole movie is building up to that. And as much as the other three movies feel like they're not going to do that, I think Toy Story 4 itself emotionally earns it. And it's fine. Like, it does a good job. The only thing I have an issue with Toy Story 4's ending is that it treats us like it's this grand... You've seen Toy Story 4, no. right? I haven't. I'm spoiling the whole yeah, thing. No, Sorry. it's, it's fine. Buzz, they go their separate ways. I've not even seen yeah, Toy been, Story 3. It's been three years. Like, yeah. well... I am so, I am um, so out of... Out of, yeah. We gotta do a Pixar podcast. Right? Um, but anyway, um, so... The only issue I have with Toy Story 4's ending is that Toy Story 3 actually sets up that these toys use Skype regularly. So the idea of Woody and Buzz never seeing each other again is kind of dumb to me because we know they can call each other. <laughs> like, we know we know Woody has the phone number. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, we know Woody has their phone number. It, it's not it's not as big a deal as it, um, you know, you'd think it would be. That's that's where I'm at with it. But besides that, like, it's a good ending. It's a That's a silly cinema sentence complaint. Wreck-It Ralph 2, the entire movie is built around Ralph not wanting Vanellope to leave, and, like, he gets very possessive of her, and eventually he fights this representation of himself, and at the end they go, like, oh, we have to go our separate ways and be happy, but we can visit each other every once a month, and it's just, like, it's, like, okay, but the thing is, is that Ralph acts like a creep for the first hour and a half of this movie, and it basically argues that the ending of the first movie turned him into a creep, so, like, a possessive guy, and it's just, like, Okay, I don't really care for them at the end because I think she should get away from it. I think Ralph is a toxic presence in her life and she just needs to get cut him off. And then Frozen 2, right? Frozen 2, at the very end of the movie, with no real reason they go like, Elsa's like, oh, I have to go rebuild my people. Anna, you can be queen. And nothing in the movie builds up to this as them separating. They're just like, oh, I guess this is what the movie was about. Like, that's literally how the movie is. Like, oh, I guess Anna gets to be queen now. And it's like, Nothing in the movie was, like, never once was this considered to be, like, an option until the last ten minutes yeah. of it. Luca, the entire movie, again, we're talking around it, but I also think it's it's about childhood friendships and how they don't, like, last necessarily mm-hmm. as long as we want them to. And I think that's true about even if childhood friendships last five or six years. When you're a kid, you want your friendships to last forever, and that inherently isn't going to yeah. happen. Um, and Luca is somewhat about that. And Luca... It executes it. That's the thing. It executes it in a way Disney tried to in their last two sequels to do with a whole previous movie of development and they completely fell short on it. Luca does it in ninety in 85 minutes. So, so that's that's my end of my Disney sucks rant. Now, my other rant, which isn't really a rant, but I think you'll agree with me, is the critical reception of this movie is good. It's got an 89% Rotten Tomatoes, but if you read the reviews, the reviews are like, it's slight. It isn't lacking the amount of stakes it does normally as Pixar movies, and it's lesser Pixar. Here's the here's here's my uh, here's my response to that. First off, wasn't all the complaints when Soul came out that every Pixar movie recently was about death? 
Like that that was the thing. Like everyone was like, Arnold was about death. Um uh, Coco was about death, and now this is about death. And here we have a movie that's literally about sea monsters trying to win a bike race. <laughs> you're complaining that it's not serious. You're complaining it's not serious enough. And it's like, okay, so what do you want? What do you want from Pixar? Because you seem to be mad that they're going into this existential stuff. And now they're making a movie that's literally about kids being kids. You're mad at it. What do you want from them? Right? Right. Second, why is it bad that it's low stakes? Why can't we watch a movie about sea monsters wanting to win a bike race? For kids, winning a bike race is the biggest deal. And I think Luca does a fantastic job of putting you in these kids' place, remembering, getting you to remember what it was like to really want to win this stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like when you're a kid. This was the biggest deal. And it completely puts you there with them. And it's just... I, it gets me... I, I don't want to be like... It gets me upset that this big company that... Ever, the always wants the Oscar is always being over, undervalued by these people on the internet. And I get it. I get it. There are other anime movies out there that aren't from Pixar that are good. They're not from Disney, but there are other, uh, Wolf Walkers, like Wolf Walkers, right? Yeah. I, if Wolf Walkers had won the Oscar last year, no complaints for me. I think Soul's a bit better, but honestly, if Wolf Walkers won, it'd probably be better for Soul's reputation, right? That's, that's actually my opinion on the Oscars in general, is that for the most part, you don't want to win them because they kill your reputation. Because uh, everyone's like, it's overrated now if it wins the Oscar, yeah. right? Um, but if Wolf Walkers had won, great. I think as of right now, I think Luca, it, like, if Luca won the Oscar next year, I wouldn't complain. Luca also, to jump back a bit to the Disney thing, but it is related to this too. It's a debut. This is the director's first movie. That is so. Exciting to me as someone who's always been talking. I, I always talk about how Pixar has been in a rough spot because they cannot cultivate new talent. Mm-hmm. I said that when um, so I said that actually when this guy moved to Disney Plus is that is are they going to lose this director because they're putting his movie on Disney Plus? And that's the thing also where I come to defend Pixar is like, of course I'm going to defend them. They're getting their movies sent to Disney Plus when they're putting out legitimately some of their best movies in years and know that no one can watch them in theaters right. the way they should be. But anyway, it's like I think. Luca is by far the most impressive debut they've put out since probably Finding Emo, Monsters Inc. Like that time, because none of their movies yeah. system have been debuts that aren't sequels. Yeah, Nemo would have Nemo and, came out after uh, Monsters Inc. Yeah, Nemo would have probably been the last one as good as yeah. this as a debut feature. And it's just so exciting to me that like this is he knocked it out of the park so much on his mm-hmm. first try with a totally new animation style for the studio too and such it feels just so unique I, I like the low stakes is good like we get so many animated movies where like okay I haven't seen it yet but there's a movie out on that get such great reviews I, I need to watch it it's called The Mitchells vs. The Machines have you heard of it? yeah I've heard of it so it's this movie that I know for the first 20 or 25 minutes it's about this girl who's going off to college, and her dad uh, never understood her, and her mom's like, you gotta fix this up before she goes to college. It's very like a Goofy movie, right? You've seen a Goofy yeah. movie. But then a robot apocalypse happens, and it's like, alright, so now it's a wacky, big, animated movie. Right? Mm-hmm. Why can't we just have an animated movie about this girl going to college and wanting to be a filmmaker? Maybe there's some robots there, so there's some animation to it, but it doesn't need this big, madcap thing. And to me, when I read this movie's low stakes, it's like, I wanted to be a giant sea monster 
fight at the end. I read actually initially that they wanted there to be initially when they were breaking the story. It's like we thought it was going to end with um, Alberto becoming a giant monster and Luca having to talk him down. I'm like that would have been a terrible ending, absolutely the terrible ending. And I'm glad they reworked yeah. it. Yeah, this movie was low key and it needed to stay low key. That is what made it good. That's what makes it stand out from Pixar's catalog. Yeah, it's just yeah. And then my last thing I want to talk about in this discourse is the term lesser tier Pixar I think I walked out of the theater calling people calling this lesser tier are insane and I still think that they're crazy but I did leave the theater thinking I think this is high t- like high like one of their best movies so I went home and I decided to finally redo my Pixar ranking you know where this placed 13 out of 24 that is not an insult to this movie if you think about Pixar's movies and how many great movies they've made, saying it's a mid-tier Pixar movie, it's better than pretty much any other American animated movie out there. Because you know what it's next to on my Pixar ranking list? It's next to Monsters, Inc. and Finding Nemo. It's right next to them. Those are like 12 and 11. And Luca's right behind them at 13. I don't think saying Luca is as good as Monsters, Inc. is an insult to it at all. I think that's a compliment. But you say mid-tier Pixar, and it's technically true. It's in the middle of the ranking. Yeah. But, like, it seems very weird to me to see these reviews and be like, it's slight, it's mid-tier Pixar. Okay, cool. Mid-tier Pixar is amazing, right? Like, it just gets me frustrated. Cause it kind of comes to this thing where it's like, you make so many good stuff, and then people start complaining about it. So that's my Luca rant. That's my Pixar rant. Luca is incredible. It should have got a wide fifth yeah. release. I am I don't want to say I'm blessed, but I am blessed that I can afford the money to go out to Los Angeles and see this movie the way it should have been seen. And as I said, I legitimately regret not bumping my flight and seeing it again. because uh, I I will honestly I do want to rewatch it. And that's something that's weird to me because I remember with Soul, I was like, I loved it, I want to rewatch it at some point, but I really don't want to rewatch it at home or like you know? Oh, today, wanna, but today Luca, is the last day that it showed, too. Yeah, actually, honestly, yeah. I, I was curious, because I looked it up. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday, June 24th. They only gave it... That's what's crazy to me, too. They gave it a week-long run. They're replacing it with um, Quest Love's documentary, which looks really good, but it doesn't open until July 3rd here, or July 2nd yeah. here. And I think... I think Luca getting a two-week run is a little more important than the documentary getting a two-week run. I'm just saying. Well, it's cool as it, it looks. I mean, the documentary, especially when Luca isn't playing any documentary, else. will get its two-week run still starting on no. July 3rd, right? No, no, because Black Widow will take the feeder. Black oh, that's right. Run. Yeah, so it would get a one-week yeah. run. So one of them has to get a one-week run. But I had, a, I think the documentary getting a one-week run when it's going to get a wide. It is getting a semi-wide release. Uh, whereas Luca is not, obviously. I think putting Luca for two weeks would have been the right thing to do. Gotcha. But whatever. I, I'm i glad I got to see it where it belongs because it was just so good, so emotional. Stick for the credits, both for that basically your Luca closure and also a funny post-credits scene. Um, yeah, it's just so good. Yeah, <laughs> it's really just it's like, it's so good. It And honestly... And that's kind of what I'll, I'll close off on is like, I saw the reviews and I saw these people saying it's lesser material picture. I was like, oh man, I already booked my plane tickets. I hope I like this. And then I saw it. I was like, these reviews are insane. This is great. This is better than any non-Pete Doctor Pixar movie in such a long time. 
Um, Pete Doctor, as I said, did Soul and Inside Out. I would say the last one that was on par with Luca that wasn't a sequel and wasn't by Pete Doctor was Up back in 2009. And I think Luca's better I than I still that. haven't seen that. So I'd say Wally. Wally. I haven't seen the, that one. Wally was the last one. Well, I'm I'm giving you one. I'm giving you Coco because it's my favorite. Um, <laughs> you're just, and Coco also is a good thing to bring up, up with Luca You're standing too, up on Pitcher's Mound and you're just like... Here's up. Here's Wally, and I'm just like, yeah, no, I, I, well, I can't swing well, it. Well, the thing is, is like the reason I say I, I want to give you Coco now for the next time we do a green room, is because Coco also has a lot of the criticisms that Luke has been given, even though most people recognize Coco, because Coco has a lot. Uh, Coco is about death, right? So it's a bit more serious, so people can give it a little leeway. That's me being kind of sarcastic, but cause, but there's stakes. But I think I think the stakes in Luke are as big enough as they need to be, and it's. Got moments in it that really just gut you. Uh, gut you like a fish. Uh, <laughs> to quote, uh, what does that mean? Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't want to give... Okay, to end this on a more fun note. My one thought in Luca that I thought was a little weird is that I kept thinking they were going to acknowledge that like they help a fisherman while they're sea monsters. And like no, Alberto helps the fishermen fight all these fish, and it just cuts them back of them walking along. Like, aren't you guys like friends with these fish? You're just chilling. Aren't these fish like the sheep for you? Yeah, yeah, they're like the livestock, and you're like, yeah, we got all these fish. He's like, I know where we can steal. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, (laughs) but yeah, Luca, great movie. We talked about it longer than we did about Loki, but you know what? I think this was a long time coming. Yeah, personally. I mean, Luca so. deserved it. Loki did it, it to itself. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. But yeah, check check out Luca if you have Disney Plus. I still think it's worth watching. Definitely. But what a shame! What a shame! <laughs> and I say I do stick by my thing where the, honestly, I wouldn't expect it. I think it's more a shame than Soul, even though I think Soul is a better movie. I think Luca deserved the air conditioning in the summer. Way more than sold. Yeah, yeah. Such a such well, a and and uh, uh, Bob Chapek's excuse for um for sending Luca to direct to streaming was that he said all of the traffic is pointing towards streaming towards streaming, and uh, we saw a huge uptick in activity on disney plus when soul went to disney plus so that's why we're sending luca there and i'm like that makes no it's literal dumb... sense that like you so gave the reason, the you, reason gave raya, you gave raya a dual release you couldn't do that for luca and the that, thing yeah. about soul is the thing that's different about soul it's super different is that at the time the only thing that come on disney plus all year was the mandalorian season two in hamilton so getting Soul on there kept the subscribers from Mandalorian onto WandaVision. Right now, Loki is airing. Their Mighty Ducks show that I've heard has been doing pretty well is airing. They're premiering a new show with Tony Hale and Christian Shaw next week for kids. There is content on... And there's the Star Wars show on... The Star Wars cartoon on The right Bad now. Batch. There is plenty yeah. of new content on Disney+. Plus. Is We are not in... Uh, I guess... Okay, I'll give credit to Clone Wars Season whatever it lasts 82 but my point is there's so much more content on disney plus yeah. right now than there was when soul was so i get why soul was a co- like a, a content pusher furthermore i'll be very honest 
Soul had a full-scale theatrical release marketing campaign, and then it got sent to streaming. That inherently gives it more value than Luca, which only had a mark marketing for a theatrical release for about a month. Luca, to most people, is inherently not going to be viewed as... It's going to be viewed as lesser to your picture, not because of the movie quality, but because of how it was marketed and distributed. This movie was buried. Because it inherently costs way less to market a film for Disney Plus than it does for theaters. Now, granted, I have seen a lot of ads for this movie. And my kids at work have seen it. They've been saying Silencio Bruno to me. And what are you looking at, stupid boat? <laughs> so they've seen this movie. I'm very happy about that. But... I saw something. I saw a study today. I want. I, I should look up the actual numbers. But around twenty five percent of people are unaware Luca exists. A movie goes unaware both Luca exists and that a new Pixar movie is out. And that would not be happening if it was in theaters and being the only kids movie out that would actually appeal to adults. That's my thing. It's like as I said, Spirit Untamed is out. Peter Rabbit two is out. Luca is literally the only movie coming out all summer that is going to be rated PG that adults might actually want to see that will be good. And I say that will be good because Space Jam 2 is the number one adults will want to see, but it's going to be bad. Sorry, yeah. LeBron. Uh, <laughs> sorry, LeBron. It's going to be bad. Um, I think Luca would have legged it out all summer and might not even stay at number one, but like Black Widow comes out. Drive-Ins would play Black Widow with Luca. Jungle Cruise comes out. They'll still play Luca with it over Black Widow because it's more for kids. All summer, Luca would have been driving. Summer camps who can still go on, vacation, uh, on field trips. They'd pick Luca. And the thing also is, coming off of Soul, Pixar's name was good again. Like, you know, Pixar's had this weird reputation recently where it's like, you don't know what you're going to get. But Luca getting the reviews it got, because 89% is still pretty good, even if I say the reviews are like, it's lesser to your Pixar. Um, off of Soul, I think it would have been most people's... I, I It would have been it would have been done great. It would have been phenomenal. Mm -hmm. and, and even if you want to give it Premier Access too, go ahead. These... It just gets me so... It gets me upset, honestly, that I... And it's so... It's just so funny to say. It gets me mad I can't see this twice. I would have seen it three or four times. Let's be real here. I would have seen it three or four or five times. So. But yeah. yeah. Again, we'll, we'll wrap it up yeah. now. <laughs> Luca, it's phenomenal. Watch it. Turn off all the lights. Turn off your phone. Totally immerse yourself in this wonderful vision of Italy and underwater. You'll want to be a sea monster when you're done with it. <laughs> <laughs>